Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to do another main topic, and it's going to be this time, it will be how would we fix Star Wars? Where last time we did Marvel, this time we're doing Star Wars. I heard a breath. Somebody was going to talk, and I cut them off. Who was it? <laughs> I think it was me trying to hold my breath. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I do not want to begin this. <laughs> it's It sounded feminine, so I thought it was you. Okay. But I, I was trying to give a you a chance breath. to talk. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was Jack. <laughs> hey. Hey. I didn't hey, want to say... Sorry, if Fez is going to do some heavy breathing on the show tonight, okay, that should be good. Oh, boy. Um, no, last night I watched John Wick 4 again. On, uh, it was on sale on Voodoo. So God, I, I would up. love to see that on your TV. Oh, oh we well, you, you gotta come. It looks so beautiful. Oh my God! I it's, would I would stay Saturday and Sunday just to watch all of them on that freaking TV. <laughs> all right, well maybe we should do that. <laughs> like a John Wick movie night. Like, oh my God! Oh, the color. Oh, sorry. Because oh, usually, like, animation looks really good. With 4K TVs, but this thing, like when he's in the desert, everywhere, like when he's in, was it? Yeah, he was in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. In Tokyo. And, yeah, the, it, yeah, in France. I mean, just like the, the colors, the the detail. It, it's just another demo material. Um, and I liked it better this time around. I was uh, less annoyed with Donnie Yen. Than I was when I first saw it, so that was cool. Yeah, that's good. I think it's a good. I think it's a, a good, you know, ending. I I still agree with you. the st The stairs was a bit much, but yeah, man, those fight scenes—they're just amazing. It's basically he's Clint Eastwood in this, you know. Says very little, kills a lot of people, you know, <laughs> by which is fine, you know. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Doesn't crap on his movie, which, by the way, I guess we'll talk a little bit about that. Snow White's been in the news for a couple of weeks now after they released that picture of Snow White and the Seven Magical Creatures. Um, but the actress, Rachel Zegler, mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah, she's been... Spewing off her mouth. Uh, a lot of it's from D23 from a couple of years ago, but she was striking with the actors and she, she's such a jerk. She really needs to shut her mouth. She said something like, uh, I need to get paid for every hour that this movie streams on Disney plus or something like that. And it's like, you need to be quiet. She stood around in a dress. Oh, what did she say? What did she say about that? Trip? She was like, I need to get paid for every hour this movie streams because I stood around in that princess dress for hours. Ridiculous. Like, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it, it just showed us a certain level of entitlement. Exactly. That was very off-putting. Well, the video I sent you guys, I love the point that, you know, that host made, which was like, Disney used to 
have such a very strict PR and it's now it's like they're just allowing anyone and everyone to just say whatever is on their mind. And it's like they really need to think of the, you know, repercussions of what they're saying as an actor or actress because it is their job on the line. And then number two, the branding of the film that they're representing of that character and Disney. Like, I just, I don't see how they can't just have any tact or just be diplomatic. Like, we're not saying that you have to, like, overly love the character that you're being or you don't have to stand by the values and whatever of the story if you're so against it. But, like, there's just a way of saying things. And she was just flat out rude about it. Like, it's just like, so why are you even playing Snow White? You know? Like, you should really be, like happy like because other people you know other actresses would love to be this role like really yeah yeah true and it's uh it's crazy because they did that with star wars too with the acolyte when uh was it star wars celebration or comic-con or something like that where they were talking about it and they were like well the old star wars really was like a bunch of men and it just wasn't right and it's you know you got to have respect for your source material and the stuff that came before that so like if, the, if she would have started out with well i love the original star wars you know i was such a fan growing up and watching those movies don't crap on the movies and say what's wrong with it say what you like about it and it's the same thing with uh, the Ziggler person. And she should say, I, I really enjoyed Snow White. And it's an honor for me to be able to portray one of the first animated heroines in the Disney universe. But instead, she's like, ah, this is what was wrong with the original Snow White. The guy was a stalker. It's, uh, you know, she. That I don't understand. The whole prince was a stalker. Maybe it's been just way too long since I've seen Snow White, but didn't he kind of just show up at the end? No, he shows up in the beginning, too, because she's, like, drawing water from the well, and she's singing about the wishing well, and then all of a sudden he comes, and he's like, Whoa! you know? And Yeah, uh, he, he was on his horse, I think. Yeah, I, and I she, just don't remember him being anywhere until the very end. And well, I'm that's like, how she she kind of falls. Though. No, she falls in love with him, you know, after seeing him. Um, but then her mother-in-law is like, "Get that girl, take her in the woods, and rip out her heart and put it in this box." Thanks. Yeah. Oh, she. I bet you Zegler loved that part. <laughs> yeah, she wants to be the fairest in the land, so she doesn't want anyone that looks better. Than her. Oof. Competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, they really need to curb their actors and directors and writers when they're promoting these movies. They're like, if you say anything offensive or that starts, you start trending on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, and it's a negative thing, and it's going to impact the revenue for this film, we will fine you, you know? Um, and the more you do it, you may end up owing us money in the process. So if you, no, not even that. You'll never work for this studio again. That's all. Well, you know, but still, like, if there she aren't got that paid, many big studios left anymore. Say, like, she, she made $2 million for this role. Uh, 
I'm lowballing it, I think. But if they said, look, you know, you, you screw up, we're taking a, a half a million away from you. And she does that 10 times, they, she owes them some money. I don't think you can do that. Why not? If you're going to sign a contract, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's because like, look, she's you already have been paid for her. Work. No, I'm saying, I'm saying in the future, you know, oh, with no, their future not, talent. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> sorry, you do this to a movie that we're using as a tent pole? Nope, you're done. She's yeah, not that I, big a draw. She hasn't been around that long. That's true, too. I mean, she, you know, but from what I hear, she got amazing roles. She was in. She was Maria? West Side, yeah, she's Maria in West Side Story. And apparently she's going to be in the new Hunger Games that's coming out, I think, on Thanksgiving. And then, you know, now this, I mean, I'm sorry. That's that's an actress's dream. Like, you've literally got, like, the highest ranking films right there. You've been with Spielberg. I don't remember who's directing Hunger Games. And now you got Disney. Like, really? Like, I'm not saying that you have to be kissing anybody's feet, but you shouldn't be downplaying literally one of the first fully successful films of Disney that literally started getting people to go to the movies in the beginning. Like that's what got people to go to the movies was Snow White. I mean, it was my mom told me it was one of the first Disney films she saw in Serbia. She would never forgot that. Like, I mean, when, when your family, you know, says that, I mean, that's how memories are made. And that's how when, you know, your family enjoys that and then they pass it on, it has that kind of nostalgia. But now it's like, you're literally, you know, you can do the effect. I was talking to But you're like shitting on somebody's, you know, uh, memory. <laughs> I'm not going to do the effect. you got to stop cursing, lady. <laughs> Hold your but tongue. That's what it is, you know? <laughs> it's like, really? Like how she said that, like, um Don't curse oh, for the like rest what, of the podcast. What uh what is it called? Um <laughs> how did she say it? But she said something of the lines of like how oh the the story is outdated because it was in the 30s. And I like if I just want to turn that around for a second. I would say that literally the feminist movement literally started in the 20s and 30s. And that's not really proving her point. It's showing that those are the women who actually did the work that you're talking about so that they had to literally be leaders, you know? And I don't really see the characteristics of Snow White being weak anyway. So, like, I don't know, like, what her argument really is, because all I saw her doing was just insulting it. And it's like, anybody can do that. I, I want to see, like, yeah, don't take the role. an actual debate, you know? It's like, if you hate the character, don't take the role. I mean, and she's a liar, too, because she basically said she goes oh I, I can't stand that movie i you know i watched it once and i never watched it again but then if you go back to old videos that she has she's like that was my favorite movie growing up i watch it almost every day and then there are pictures of her dressed as snow white i don't know for halloween or whatever so somewhere she's lying it's like either like well this is my philosophy now i can't 
except that she was basically a princess looking to be saved by her prince, by a stalker, you know, to be kissed by some dude that she gave no consent to. It's like, no, Snow White has to be a leader. She has to carry a sword. You know, she has to, uh, this is what the movie has to be about. It can't be about finding your true love. Right. It's, it's got to be about woman power. And nobody wants to see it. I mean, there's a few people that want to see it, but not enough that it's going to make it profitable. But, but it, even though when she saw it and she loved it, she was a little girl. Yeah. Okay. She should look at it as she's making this movie for little girls. Like she was when she saw it and she loved it and she dressed up in the dress. That's who she should be not thinking of. Not other 20 year old girls, you know, who are out in the movies, you know, let's face it, the story is kind of a kid's story as dark as it is at times it's still a story for little girls and that's who you're that's who you're making it for it's the same thing all of you know the little mermaid it's little girls that should want to see this movie and be happy about it all this other stuff that they add in to give it depth and make her more fierce and strong and powerful that's not what little girls are going they're going for you know see ariel pretty see her be a princess and fall in love and snow white you know the most beautiful girl in the kingdom and you know she goes off and hides and she meets up with these goofy dwarves you know that's who these movies are supposed to be made for not, and they dance not and they jaded post teen, you know, angst young women. You know, yeah. that, that's that's what these these people forget. It's like know the audiences that's wanting to see this. Well, I think she feels she was brainwashed as a child to want to like stuff like that, where women basically had no say, they were just there to be rescued. And now she's brainwashed by another group that says that. You can't have that. It, it, that can't exist anymore. There only has to be one depiction of women and it has to be that they're completely in control, that they're powerful, and that they don't need a prince or a man in order to be happy. And it's going to be a great movie. I wonder it's if they're going to turn the prince into like a dope or something. Well, he probably is. Jerk or a dope. There's not really a prince in the movie. It's her, I think it's her best friend. <laughs> I forget what his name is, Christopher or something like that. And uh, eh. um, but I did want to say I was talking to Dan today, and he did mention we were talking about this too. He said that this movie is what is the reason why Disney exists. He put everything into this movie, like he yeah. mortgaged oh, he his did. house back in the day, because no one took the the idea of a full length feature as a cartoon. Yeah, animated, yeah, in motion, yeah. No one no one figured that would ever work. They were used to those little shorts in front of, you know, a, a regular movie. And he changed that whole perception because he made this beautiful film so ahead of its time from anything else that that's what put him on the map. As much as people like to say Steamboat Willie did, nah. uh, it was mm -hmm. Snow White that 
introduce the world to animated full-length features. I mean, and if it wasn't for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, there would be no Disney, really. There might not be Disney. I mean, he might have went into bankruptcy or, or if it, it failed, he might have gone into bankruptcy. We would have never had the Magic Kingdom or Disneyland or Disney World. So this girl needs to do a homework and have respect for the original source material and say again how grateful she is to be betraying a character like this instead of like crapping all over her. It's I, it's just it's disgusting. I, I just don't like I mean, most people don't like this girl now. She's like a huge target. She's got a huge target on her back because she just needs to shut up. I would also argue that we needed in the film the hunter and the prince and the dwarves to also be examples of for the boys. This film was not just directed toward little girls. Walt Disney wanted to incorporate everyone. He wanted everyone to come to Disney World or Disneyland. He wanted everyone to like those stories. So also when, you know, boys see the film, they're going to relate. They're going to relate to someone in their family that works that hard and comes home and just wants a lovely cooked meal and comes to their home and takes care of their home and is in the forest with the land. Or they're going to say, I want to be that prince. I want to know how to, you know, wield a sword and I want to ride that horse and I want to help, you know, someone that's in trouble if it's a woman, you know, or you could be the hunter and be like, yeah. I want to be led and I want to be told what to do. And I'm there to protect the kingdom, quote unquote. And he sets Snow White free. Those are all good examples, you know? So it's like, it's, it, it really doesn't resonate to me that, oh, it's all about the women. Like, no, it's not. Like this film incorporates a lot. And we're, they're just hyper-focused on the women right now. It's like, no, you need to, you need to play both sides here. You really do. Yeah, I think when I saw the trailer for Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, I was interested in it because, again, there was a witch and there was these seven little men, and it looked like a lot of fun. Um, but I don't know if you remember this. Jack, did you used to go to Disney on Ice when they had that? I had two younger sisters. Of course, we had to see at least Disney on Ice once. <laughs> oh, I, I had such a crush on Snow White on disney at, on ice it's, and then i was like a little kid i mean i must have been like five years old or something like that and i just was like she's so beautiful oh my goodness it's jealous of it's more jealous of dopey because he got to dance with her there you go there i go anyway zip it girl zip it and i mean rachel zegler all right, so what are we doing here? Okay, let's get into the main topic. So, how will we fix Star Wars? So, the last time we did this, Fedra, we kind of each would do one, and then, like, Jack would do one, I would do one, and then he would do his number two and number two. So, we'll do it that way. So, I guess, all right, so we'll start with you, Fedra. So, what's the first thing you would do to fix Star Wars? I don't think no we pressure. need... Yeah, I don't think we need Andor. Can we just cut Andor <laughs> the series completely? There's a lot of people that like Andor. I don't understand it, but apparently... I don't understand are. it either. 
Mm. Not it's not it's not leading into any direction really. So I would cut that first. When we, when we did the uh, choice for Tuts marathon, people were like slamming us because we didn't like Andor. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, well I'm sorry, everyone's got an opinion, but yeah, just yeah. I mean they don't gotta agree with me. I mean I think it's cinematically beautiful, but yeah. the acting and the writing, I it's not going in any direction for me to want to see how it turns out at all so i'm good with that being cut and he's a boring character um, yes actually yeah the best parts of it are the parts he's not in yeah you know the birth of the rebellion is more interesting than whatever he's doing agreed uh all right what about you jack uh well actually this time i know when we did marvel i was very much off the cuff but this time, I followed Fedra's lead, and I made notes. Yes! Okay. So. We'll just give one. I know. Yeah, I'm, I know. Yeah. They're in the same format. Yeah. We're okay. My first point is, and we've talked it about numerous times, you have to have good characters. Okay? You have to come up with a concept that's a good character, but here's the cravat. You have to also come up with a general character arc for them. And I'll use, for example, Finn in the sequel trilogy. Here it is. He's a guy. He's a stormtrooper on the run. Okay. So he's a, deser a deserter. In The Force Awakens, he was okay. Yeah. But they never really laid out a plan for him of what he was going to do. He just kind of ran ran along behind Ray as a puppy dog. You know, they should have said, okay, here's a stormtrooper. Okay, what would a stormtrooper do? He should have been the guy that was a little bit more assertive because he's had military training. You know, granted, he didn't have the most glamorous position, but he's still a product of military training. He should be the guy that, you know, says, let's go over here. It's like, no, uh, excuse me. Um, we're not going to stand in this field full of wreckage. We're going to try to get the high ground. So this way we could see what's going on and survey the situation. He should have a little bit more of a strategic way of looking at things. Or as opposed to just going to Canto Bight and running blindly around. Uh, just, hey, where's the guy wearing a flower? Where, you know, oh, I don't yeah. see anybody here. You know, he didn't have a direction. And in Rise of Skywalker, he was even worse. Mm -hmm. The guy had nothing to do because they, they figured... Oh, well, we, we just we just have him walking around with everybody else. Like when they were all surprised, like stormtroop stormtroopers fly. Finn should have been like, yeah, they've yeah, always no. been able to do that. Yeah. You know, I covered that in basic training or something, you know. Um, and he should have said, they're not able to make sharp turns. They're not maneuver. They may be fast, but they're not maneuverable. We might be able to lose them. He should have some input into things, you know, use that. But instead, he was just 
like I said, he, they could have replaced him with a golden retriever following Ray around, you know, and make him a, a goofy dog that sort of lumbers side to side, shaking his head whenever he walks. You know, give the, you come up with a character concept, but then you also have to come up with something for them to do. Um, you know, Poe, at least, you know, he's a fighter pilot. He's the best fighter pilot in the galaxy. Okay, at least he shows that, and he gets a little bit of cocky at times. But then you take him out of the cockpit, and what is he doing? He's barging onto the bridge and saying, you need to tell me what's going on. Uh, Lay was right, and so was General Holdo to say, uh, go back down the hangar and wait for your instructions. You know, who are you to come up on my bridge and start barking? You know, and even, but at least in Rise of Skywalker, he led the attack. You know, even though we got to see that awful bit with uh, him as, oh, yeah, I know how to hotwire, you know, this and that and jump around. But at least Poe had a little bit more direction than Finn. You know, Ray wanted to be a Jedi and she was trying to learn how to be a Jedi, which in itself is good. But she's surrounded by these other aimless characters that like... It's a lot of pressure, and it just made this story a lot more shallow, I guess, than it should have been. Yeah, but, no, I, I agree. I mean, uh, and that, that's my point. And you know what? It does not matter if the character is a woman, if the character is a minority, if the character is eight feet tall and covered with brown fur. You have to give these characters something interesting to do. You know, um, I also talk a lot about the Boba Fett syndrome. Empire Strikes Back comes out. Everybody loves Boba Fett. Oh, he's so cool. Why? He just looked cool. He didn't do much. Well, I remember asking my friend that was a big Boba Fett fan at the time. Is this, why do you even like him? It's like, he's got a rocket on his back. Like he hasn't he never used it in the movies, but he's like, it's gotta be used, cool. Well, and if you want to think of how much George Lucas actually thought of him, look at the indignant treatment of Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. First, you know, he's just standing around a lot. Then he goes out into the fight. The blind guy hits him with a shovel which sparks off his jetpack. He flies into the side of the ship doing the Wilhelm scream, hits it, falls into the Sarlacc. Not that the Sarlacc grabbed him. He fell into it. And then the Sarlacc burps. Like, does this sound like a character George Lucas really thought an awful lot of, like, to develop? No, but people loved him for years because... His armor was very cool. And they made up a backstory to add to this coolness, even though, let's face it, they didn't mention any, any of that in the movie. Yeah. Well, that's so, what was good about him. He was mysterious, and he should have remained mysterious for a long time. I mean, that's what. He could have been mysterious, but like I said, George Lucas used him for the cheap gag yeah. in the third one. Well, so, he used him as the model for all the clones too, which 
was a bit unbelievable. But years later, or his dad. If if Boba Fett what didn't come become popular, that never would have happened in the prequels. Yeah. But anyway, but that's my thing. You need to come up with good characters, and then you have to come up with a good character arc, which will motivate the characters to act. And it doesn't. Here's the thing that I, I think they also get caught up in. These character arcs do not need to be overly detailed. They just to give the writers and the storytellers a general idea of where this character is going to go. And it's it's all about having some direction for these characters. You can make the coolest group up. But if they don't have anything to do or any reason to stay together, they're, they're props. Well, so, I, w I wanted to talk about Finn. I loved Finn in The Force Awakens. I love that first teaser trailer that we got when you see the Stormtrooper or you see Finn with that with a Stormtrooper outfit and you see him. And I was like, he looks so cool. Because, you know, we, normally we're used to seeing, well, actually, we really didn't see too many people under the mask. As no, we didn't. But it was cool to see like a black man in a stormtrooper costume. It just looked great on the desert. It, it just was like, I watched the trailer so many times and he's the first thing you see. It's like, boom, you know, and he pops up and he looked so cool. But, and, and even when he was in the movie, you know, like he, he used his wits in order to survive. And, um, and then finally, when he gets to uh, Maz Kanata's place, He's like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to deal with the rebellion. I just want to be safe and all that. But that's and what he's a man. At that point, he's still under the arc of a, a man on the run. Yeah, which is fine. But yeah. with, with where he lost me is when Kylo Ren takes Ray and he screams, Ray. He, it's like, you're a man, dude. Men don't do that. They don't scream like that. Whoever wrote that. I guarantee you was not a man, you know, and I'm sorry if I sound sexist, but that ruined his character for me. But then he ends up like being in a coma at the end of, of the force awakens. What they should have done was have him in a coma the whole next movie and have him come back in, in the last movie, because he really didn't have anything to do because Ray had to go meet Luke. He couldn't hang out with her the whole time. You know, because that would kind of like cause some problems. And like if she's supposed to be trained by by Luke, I mean, I know Chewbacca was there. I mean, maybe you could have hung out with him. But and like you said, he was a puppy dog. It's like, come on. But that's dude. what they turned him into because he was a man on the run who stopped running. You know, and even I don't think they should have left him in the coma because Honestly, I like John Pavega. I think I like him. I think he's very likable. But like Fedra, you're a female of the opposite sex. I, I think am. that's usually how it works. Are you attracted to puppy dogs going after you, you know, that are like sniffing your behind and, you know, just constantly clinging on to you? No. Yeah. Most women aren't. You know, I mean, and that's where it's like, 
you don't want to make that character into that. You know, you want him to be his own character, do his own kind of thing. I think the best thing he did in The Last Jedi was he was willing to sacrifice himself for the rebellion. And he wasn't thinking of Ray. You know, like, thank God he didn't say, I'm really going to miss you, Ray. You know, as he was like going towards that uh, big cannon. But it's, they made him so soft. And then they made him even softer, like you said, in the, in the third movie. But all right, well, all right, I'm going to get to mine. I'm surprised neither one of you said this. The number one thing they have to do is they have to fire Kathleen Kennedy. You know, it, at first there were people that said, That's my number two. All right, well, we can share that. I think it's more important to fire Kathleen Kennedy because she's in charge of all this stuff and she makes a lot of the stupid ass decisions that affect the movies, the TV shows, the characters. And, um, when I was real happy when she was announced as like the head of Lucasfilm because she had like a huge history with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg producing these movies. Like I didn't know much about her, but I knew you saw her name everywhere, her and Tom Marshall, who's her husband. And I was like, I, I that, that's going to be cool. Cause she, she's behind Raiders of the Lost Ark, ET. Uh, I don't know if she was, and Star Wars, but she did a lot, you know, and I felt that Lucasfilm was safe under her control. Yeah. And then, and I was okay with, with Ray being a Jedi. I was like, that's cool. You know, we never really saw like a female Jedi. Um, and I, she's a very likable character. I really liked her. I love the first movie, but people started saying, it's like, Oh, she's going to turn, Star Wars into like a, a female centric universe. And I was like, ah, shut up. You know, it's like, give her a chance. It's like the first movie was good. I think Star Wars is in good hands, but was I wrong? Because that's exactly what she did. And I, I noticed it specifically in the last Jedi where all of a sudden where you would have for every, for every, 20 men, you might have one female character. Now it was for every 20 characters, 12 are female. And it just was so obvious. It just stuck out. Like when you saw like Holdo, her whole crew was female. Like, uh, like when she brought them onto the deck, when she took over, they were all female. I was like, what the hell is this? You know? And, and then Carrie Fisher's daughter was in the movie and she's like yelling out orders and all that. And, and it just was, it, it just seemed at that point, it's like, all right, we have to get inclusiveness and diversity into these movies. We need to introduce an Asian female character. So they had to put Rose in there and they could tell that was, was going to be problematic. They had to have seen that movie multiple executives had to have seen the last Jedi and said, this Canto bite stuff isn't working, but they were so dedicated to having representation of a character like Rose in the movie that they kept that in there. Now, if they would have cut that out, I think the movie would have been looked at a little bit better through history. We, we all like it, but there are a lot of people that just don't like it. Um, but I don't like those parts with her in it. They, it's just like they're, and they're doing that now, like with, with everything that Disney's doing. It's like, well, this character isn't working. Like, what was her name? Reva, you know, 
in the Obi-Wan series. But instead of saying, it's like, well, let's just get rid of her and we'll focus on Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's like, we can't. We can't. You know, she's a black Sith, female Sith, and she's going to turn good at the end. And she's the best there ever was. Actually, that's that comes into my point number three, but we'll get there. All right. Why did you just shut up? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, you got a lot of points that uh, are... I know, but anyway, um, I would yeah, I would fire Kathleen Kennedy, and I would do whatever I had to do to bring George Lucas back. Because say what you will about the guy, he he's the creator of Star Wars. I mean, he is the god of Star Wars, and it's so funny. After I hated him after the prequels, and I hated him after what he did to the special editions, and I was just like. Oh, you're ruining Star Wars. And then when I found out that Disney bought it, I was so excited. And that Kathleen Kennedy was on board and there was going to be an episode seven. It's like, get out of here, George. Just don't let the door hit you in the ass when you leave. I don't care if I ever see you again. And and when Force Awakens, I was like, this was the right decision for Disney and everybody. But no. (laughs) We were so much better with George Lucas than we are with Kathleen Kennedy. It's like, be careful what you wish for, <laughs> because we got stuck with her, and she basically destroyed Star Wars. Uh, I mean, everything that she basically did with Star Wars now. When you look at, like, maybe there was two good movies, and all the Disney Plus series, you know, I mean, you might say, well, The Mandalorian was good for a couple of seasons, but how much of her footprint or her handprint was in that series, and how much was it John Favreau? Um, Very good point. I again, I just wish they do something to bring George Lucas back as a consultant because uh, they need that. They need his face back to give the people that love Star Wars some kind of hope. Because right now, she doesn't give anybody hope. It's it's just dread. Like the acolyte, they got to cancel it. You know, it just sounds like a mess. And again, it's another female centric show. It's Again, they're pushing uh, inclusiveness, diversity, sexual orientation. That shouldn't be a Star Wars movie or a Star Wars TV show. That should not be your main focus. You know, the story has to be the main focus. It shouldn't be, well, we've never seen, you know, two women of the same sex fall in love in a TV series, a Star Wars TV series, and it has to be done. Nope. We don't need that, you know. Anyway, that was my rant. Uh, Fedra, we're back to you. Uh, next is like with Boba Fett. They they got to do something with that series. Uh, they got to save it. I mean, I, I think they should, you know, I mean, now we can't take back the, the last few seasons, but we can shift gears. We can. Do you, you mean Boba Fett or Mandalorian? Oh, I'll get to Mando. No, I okay. mean Boba Fett. Because I think Boba Fett's done. I don't think. You don't think they're going to re... No. No, I think that's... Once was it... Okay. Well, like, he was, go... like he was supposed to be in The Mandalorian. Yeah, and, that's what... There, yeah. He, he was even in like their marketing for season three. And he even said they never called him. You know, after, season, after his series, they never bothered to call him. So they're like... They, they never told him if there was going to be a, a season two. 
and it's like they the phone hasn't rang <laughs> basically he's at a convention so yeah i don't think there's going to be a, a season two well if, if there isn't then we still do need to shift directions with the mandalorian i uh, i don't really like what they did in the last season i although Groku is a favorite of mine and I stand by the character. He is useful, but I don't think it should be a center point for the Mandalorian completely. I think they need to go back to the original writing, which is he is for hire and we need to go more on those action adventures. You know, we don't need to have all this like cryptic cinematic detective stuff in Star Wars. Like we just need to get back to basics of just good old fashioned galaxy adventures. And I think more of the fans want that also. I would have season four of the Mandalorian start off where Grogu gets killed. And then the Mandalorian loses his mind and he goes around killing everybody. He is on the war path in a brutal, massive way. And just have the series like that, where he's trying to find out who his killer is. And along the way, he just leaves a trail of blood. So it'll be PG rated. Right. Now, I obviously against that entire thing, but. Okay, it's a good twist on it. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I had read, <laughs> I think I might have read it on Reddit, where they they kind of said, well, you know what's going to happen. It's going to come out that Grogu is Yoda's secret love child. And I could see them I doing that. I can't see that happening. I can see that happening. Him I and, Yad him and no. Yaddle got drunk one night. And then Man. they just... Well, Yaddle is the female Yoda that speaks normal English and is voiced by that that vixen, Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> you know, uh, I could see that happening, and we'll see a flashback where it's like, "What do we do with our baby Grogu?" I don't know. <laughs> it's like to Jar Jar, give him. <laughs> Oh, to the, yeah, to Jar Jar the Jedi, you know, uh, admit best. Uh, I, I can't see that at all, but okay. Well, I would, would you be surprised if Disney did that? Where it's like, oh, yeah, of course Yoda was his dad, or maybe Yoda had a son, and that was Yoda's. So that's y Grogu is Yoda's grandson. That they'll have it connect, like they always do with that crap, like where. Anakin built C-3PO and, uh, you know, again, Boba Fett's dad's the model for all the clones. Although Lucas did all that crap, not current Disney. Um, sorry, Fedra. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's cool. I just, I don't know. I like it more that it's just a unique species and that he's just trying to find that species. I find that more intriguing than he's to, cute. Just, to just settle it on Yoda. It's like, that's kind of too easy for me. I like it to be a little bit more complicated, but yeah, I just want more action again. And, and yeah. I don't like, I don't need it to like be about the whole Mandalorian culture and race, although it's kind of cool, but it doesn't need to be like all about that. I just want them to, 
shift a lot of this writing. So if they need to fire people, or if they need to get, you know, more true fans to go in there and write, like, just do what you got to do to just, you know, make it more exciting. Uh, I feel like, and I mean, after that, if they can make like a whole like movie out of it, that would be kind of cool too. I would actually be inclined to see it if they, you know, keep the projection of good writing. Or have it where Bo-Katan kills Grogu and he's got to fight her to the death. And then he kills her because that is the way. <laughs> It should Those be the one. happy unless somebody's going in the ground. Yeah, you're getting dark. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, because current Disney was like, well, Bo-Katan is way better than the Mandalorian, so we can't have her die. So we'll have her be the hero. No, she needs to die. You know, she hijacked that season three of the Mandalorian. She needs yeah, to she go. did. She did. All right, Jack, what's your next one? Okay, my next one goes along with what you had touched on there. Um, it's just leadership for the franchise. Um, to start with, you need a an executive producer who realizes their job is to entertain people, make the movies where story comes first. Okay, that means Kennedy's got to go out. Um, Favreau, from what he did with the season three of The Mandalorian, uh, I don't think he's the guy anymore. Uh, I liked Dave Filoni's earlier stuff. Let's see how Ahsoka goes. Um, but they need to get somebody in lucas arts in lucas films to be the star the star wars guy or gal doesn't matter um but they need somebody new who's going to get in there okay well, well charlie that's, had mentioned that's the first part remember what he said about the star wars quiz that everyone should be able to take a star wars quiz and at least get a 90 out of 100 questions I think that's important, you know, for any executive producer or, you know, we can't have another director directing Obi-Wan saying it's like Anakin and Darth Vader are the same person. Really? <laughs> you know? Well, the thing is, I would say you need somebody who knows Star Wars, but you don't want a super fan. Okay. Cause with super fans, there comes prejudice towards certain characters or certain themes. You want somebody coming in. I would say you want somebody who comes in who does action movies. That'd be cool. You know, that's a good idea. But that's what I mean. So you're not making a Star Wars movie with action. You're making an action movie with Star set in a Star Wars environment. That's what worked with Marvel starting out in the first few phases. You had a spy story with superheroes. You had a heist movie with superheroes. That approach, they need to start applying that to Star Wars, but it's gotta start with the executive producer, okay? Then that executive producer has to hire 
directors with experience in a similar genre, okay? No more of, well, this person did a documentary on fruit flies and it was fascinating. I think they'd be ideal to direct a Star Wars series. No. You know, that fruit fly documentary may have been interesting, but that doesn't mean this guy knows how to film a dramatic story, do shot layouts for dramatic effect. They have to get experienced directors. Okay. And this is this all builds together. These movies are now designed to be a three picture deal. Okay. The problem is you have to make the first movie a hook. And it's the executive producer's job to get the director to keep that in mind. Okay. Because you know what? You may be the first, you may be on the first film, but that doesn't mean you're guaranteed to be on the second film. So all the little clever bits you put in there as a director might just end up being lost. Okay. The executive director has to steer the ship. The director steers the ship as well. But if he wants to go off in a direction that isn't going to help the franchise, it's the executive producer's job to open his mouth and put him back on course. You know, once again, I'll, we'll use secret invasion again. Okay. Where was the executive producer when the director started putting his own political views in that had nothing to do to advance the story? The executive producer should have stepped in and say, Hey, this stuff doesn't go. This stuff doesn't belong here. This does not help the story move forward. You need to get off this. By doing that, somebody's got to be there to keep the directors telling their stories very tightly, keeping the course to move the story along. So you need an experienced producer and you need experienced directors in the genres. And even with that, um, I look at the MCU as, again, uh, Thor Ragnarok was great, but what happened? You had the same group together in Thor Love and Thunder, and they made it a goofy, a goofy movie. It's a lot, you know, whoever was executive producing should have said, oh, you got to tone down the silliness here. You're getting, you're getting too off track and too caught up in these little jokes. You know, you need to bring it back down, bring it, you know, rein it in a bit. That's what Marvel is missing. You have Kathleen Kennedy who has the agenda is more important than story. And then you have directors who, I don't I don't know what the hell they're doing half the time. I, I love the first, and it's, it's even with shows we loved. I love the first two seasons of Mandalorian. After this third season, I can't say I'm, I really want a fourth one. I don't, I don't care, you know, move on to something else. And hopefully, mm. it, hopefully it's Ahsoka is, is, 
I, I really hope Ahsoka is is good. Me but too. Like I said, they've got to do something, get leadership from the top for the directors and let that go right down the line so they get tighter storytelling and just a better overall product. And um, that comes with experience. So, like I said, you can't hire a guy right out of film school and expect him to direct an Oscar-winning movie. you got to get somebody with experience. Yep. You know? I, or, I would... or you have the producer holding his hand the whole time. You know, which is what uh, Feige is tired of doing in the Marvel verse. You know, he feels like, yeah, I'm a producer, nah, he's, semi-director. He's, but okay. he sucks. I, I don't have faith in him either. Um, well, those are good points. I, I was going to say, I think that they should make one theatrical movie every two years, not one movie every year, until they get things in line. You know, because right now I think they kind of rushed those movies out saying it's like, well, we could make a billion dollars with each Star Wars movie and that'll add to our earnings like each year, you know, try to make it like Marvel. But Star Wars is, is should be special. Like if you're going to make a trilogy, you should not release it until it's done. Don't say, well, it has to come out on this date two years from now. If it's not right, you still work on the damn thing until it's perfect or near perfect. If it has to be delayed a year, fine. But don't make it like, well, it has to release on this date. Um, and also that goes to the whole thing, too, is that, and this is important, is that if you're going to make a trilogy, you, you have to have a plan. You know, right. like like what they did with the force awakens or that this the sequel trilogy was ridiculous now if jj abrams would have directed all three movies maybe it would have been good you know but that's another thing too you can't tell a director like jj abrams it's like look we want you to do the force awakens and he says all right well i'll do the first one i don't know if i'm going to do the second one then you're like well we don't need you you know, it's like uh, you have to commit to doing three movies. And if we don't like this, the first movie you do and we're going to get rid of you. But you in see, I, I don't I don't think that's the case, though. You see, I think that's a fault of not having strong producers. Because the producer should have the over idea of where the trilogy is going to go. The director is the gun for hire. He's not the guy who determines the direction of franchise the producer is i i think you're overestimating the value of producers i think that the producers basically finance the movies and then they receive the profits from the movies but i don't know how much pull they really have uh, as far as well since they have the power of the purse, yeah, they should be able to have some say in what goes on. I, well, you, I believe they kind of do, but or a studio head, somebody, but somebody has to be able yeah, to somebody the director. But I don't know if it's the producers because I can't imagine like Kathleen Kennedy and Tom Marshall during like one of the Indiana Jones movies said, "Well, you know what? I don't like the way this is going. You need to stay take a step back." I never heard stories like that. It was 
it, it's someone bigger than they are. It, it's like Iger needs to take charge because he used to watch the movies. Like he used to watch the Disney movies and the Marvel movies and he would give his critique. And I don't know if he just became too busy and he didn't want to bother with it anymore, but um, he needs to, or somebody needs to watch these movies and say, somebody had to have watched that movie and said the Canto bite stuff and the last Jedi kind of sucks, but either they were afraid to say it or they just didn't bother saying it, you know, because you, I find it hard to believe when you watch that movie and say, Oh, that's so great. I can't wait until they start selling those fathiers. I'm going to buy them all <laughs> like Pokemon. Um, yeah. It's just, again, kind of ridiculous. Uh, Anyways, that, that's my thing. You gotta, you have to have a plan. You have to know what the end game is. You, you just can't, because they're full of crap when they told us, oh, we always were planning on bringing the Emperor back. No, you weren't. No, you, didn't know, weren't. No. you didn't know that Snoke was going to die. That, that was just Ryan Johnson's like, I want to kill him off, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's just, and, and like what Kathleen Kennedy did too, which was dumb, is when Jurassic world came out and that made a billion dollars, she's like, Oh, we need that guy to do the, the last movie in the trilogy. And he really did nothing before that. It's like, that's not how you, like Jack said, you, you don't look at directors based on how much movie, otherwise you'd be hiring. Like, was it Michael Bay? Did he do the transformers movies or was it somebody else? You're right. Exactly. I mean, cause those movies suck, but people go and see them because they're giant, Friggin' robots in those movies. And he knows the audience. He knows the audience likes big, goofy robots blowing up stuff and fighting each other. And you know what? He's made a lot of money out of that. When you said and, I was going to say boobs. <laughs> uh, well, because <laughs> that but, is. But, I mean, that's just it. Michael Bay has made tons of money even though he's driven transformers into the ground, you know, but he's made the studio a lot of money like that. But he's not a guy who just walked in off the street. He's the guy who's had years of experience making goofy movies like that until he got transformers. Mm -hmm. And that was his golden ticket. All right. Fedra. Um, I don't know. I think I might just reemphasize what you said about the films. I agree that they need to be spaced out more. They also need to space out the series is I think like just giving breathing room, not like everything all at once, I think is a lot. Uh, and I mean, again, they have to be good. I think like, because they try to rush out and pile things on, it wasn't really up to, to par or even made sense at times. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I got much after that. I mean, you mm. already said to fire Kennedy, which, you know, I think a few few in that arena need to be let go. So that way we can start anew and, yeah. you know, and I agree with Charlie about getting the quiz. I mean, these guys, I mean, I, I don't even yeah, know. Star Wars aptitude test. I mean, I'm, well, because I mean, I don't like I can admit I don't know like 
all of the knowledge of Star Wars, but certainly I wouldn't sit in the room and be like, yeah, I'm going to make the decisions on how I, we make the next film. You know what I mean? Like, I, you, you got to, like, yeah. admit, like, like you got to know front to back this stuff, you know, when you're going up there and, and, and doing this for the love of it, for the fans, you know? Like, I just... Like that's still I can't cross around my brain like how somebody could be like, yeah, sure. I'll just write Star Wars. I have no idea that Anakin and Darth Vader are the same person. No, no, no. But I could do this. It's like, what? That's I'm going to make this huge reveal that they're the same person in this movie. Like, didn't didn't you watch this movie like 30 years ago? (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I would have fired that guy right away. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. It's like, that's okay. That's an innocent mistake. (laughs) Um, I was going to say something. You know, it's something that you were talking about. I was going to reply, and I'm I'm probably not going to remember it. Oh, also, yeah, just like I think one thing I, I feel like they've been doing too much, which is a lot for me to say. Like, this is serious. Because I'm a Care Bear. I love corny, gushy, lovey-dovey, cutesy things. But they're pushing it now. Like, even with Groku, they need to back up a little bit. And I love Groku. But they also need to just stop, like, making everything cute. Like, even the creatures. And and, and I know that they're trying to do some, you know, selling of memorabilia. Like, But they need to balance that out. Because I feel just like how they're doing in Marvel, Marvel with so much comedy... They're making all this stuff really cutesy and corny in Star Wars, and that's not Star Wars either. So you want Grogu to be killed, too? No, I don't want him killed. But if we're going to have a cheesy moment, make it like one or two moments every couple of episodes of a season, not every episode in every season. It's just too much. Doc, remember that that uh, cartoon show? Was it like Care Time Friends or something like that? What uh, was it? Care Time Friends. I, I'm probably getting the name wrong. It was a cartoon show, but all the characters met like bloody, violent deaths. Uh, <laughs> you know, they were cute characters, but then they, they, it was almost like it's seeing Scratchy. Yeah, I would. Lo- no I, would like, I would. I would do a series <laughs> yeah, like that. I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Yeah, I have no idea. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But that's what I, I would like to do a series where every week, Grogu dies, you know, and like have him eaten by a bantha. And what do you want? Oh. Turn him into any <laughs> him, South Park. You know, and have him get pooped out, you know, and. And the Mandalorian finds him like every week. Have him die in it because I can't stand that character. I really can't. I mean, I can see if he talked, and it's you know, but he he's he's lying. He, I always say this: he can talk. If if he can't talk by this age right now, there's something wrong with him, and he needs. There to, has to be something wrong. <laughs> yeah, like he needs to be in some asylum or something like that. Maybe he's a mute. You know, you don't know. No, I, I just think he's lazy. It's like he doesn't even tell the Mandalorian that he's pooped his pants. He just walks around and crap until it's, it's like the Mandalorian can't take it anymore and he's got to change his diaper. You know? Oh my God. What 
are you taking out of these shows? <laughs> no, because I heard that that Yoda was was training people when he was a hundred, you know, and and Grogu's fifty. I can't imagine that fifty years is going to put him in the same position as Yoda, where he's able to train Jedi. You know, I, he's he's faking it. I, I don't like him. I don't like him. Sorry. Oh, I meant to. So this is what I meant to say, Fedra. Like I'm a fan of the movies. I just like the movies. I like the characters, but I don't read the lore. Like Jack has read the novels and he's read the comic books. And there are some that knows like all about the Kyber crystals and all that. I'm just a huge fan of the movies. Um, but I remember <laughs> I was like in this bar and it's like, oh, you're going to meet this guy, Joe. He's got this podcast and he talks about Star Wars. And this guy goes up to me and goes, yeah, you're real Star Wars fans. Like, yep. He goes, what was the name of the ship that Luke was flying on Tatooine? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I, I can't answer these things. And even when I read it, I don't remember them. I still don't remember how many the odds of navigating through an asteroid field is. Uh you know that C3PO said. I never ask for the odds. <laughs> Good answer. I know, right. I know the answer ends with two one. Oh, two one. <laughs> oh, very very bright, Jack. Forty four million to one. <laughs> um. All right, Jack. What's your next one? I got a good one after this one, but go. All right, my my next item on this was. They should try to come up with an idea that almost like an Indiana Jones approach, like they should come up with a Star Wars MacGuffin because that, you know, make it more about a quest um, versus a super weapon needs to be destroyed. We've had so many super weapons in Star Wars. Yeah. We need something besides, oh, well, they've built another Death Star. Oh, they've made a planet into a Death Star. Oh, all these ships are now Death Stars. They need to come up with an idea that will make... a quest that we're along for the ride through the star Wars universe that in pursuit of whatever, maybe it's some sort of technology um, that has been rumored that there's a race to find this new type of hyperdrive or they're in a race against the villains to recover uh, a hologram, a ho holocron, holocron, holocron. Uh, you know, that has information regarding something, you know, dangerous that they need to get, but they need to get away from, there's a super weapon we need to destroy. They need to get a different approach in their stories. Um, one of the reasons that the relaunch of Star Wars with uh, Timothy Zahn's first Thrawn trilogy was he didn't use that. It was all about 
him wanting to restore the Thrawn wanting to restore the Empire. And he wasn't doing it with this super weapon. Um, at first, he takes out uh, Coruscant by, you know, dropping asteroids in orbit with cloaks on them. So this way, they're afraid to make, they're afraid to have ships come in or out of Coruscant uh, because they may collide with these asteroids. So he does that. Then he's going out and he's trying to find this uh, experimental fleet of ships that uh, the emperor, emperor was trying to do something with AI. And once they turned it on, all these ships flew out in the middle of nowhere and were never seen again. You know, he's trying to find that. Um, or he's recovered cloning technology and he's ready to launch another series of clone wars. You know, it worked and was such a hit. It wasn't because Thrawn's building another Death Star. Here it comes. You know, they just opened up different avenues for storytelling within the universe that we love. And they've got to start doing stuff like that on a movie quality scale. And I think that would help an awful lot. So that right. was my next point. A change, a change in the type of storytelling. Because the hero's journey is good. You know, it's tried and true. But you know what? There are other there are other models to follow in storytelling that have worked through mythology and history. Um, start exploring a couple of those different styles of storytelling. You know, and take us on a journey that we haven't seen before so right, that, well, that, that was my next point well my next point is I actually do have an idea for episode 10 well not a real idea but i have like some sort of foundation first i would get christopher nolan on board i think he would do it because he said he would direct a james bond movie if he's going to direct a james bond movie he would love to direct a star wars movie you know so I would say, throw whatever money you can at this guy. Get him on board to write and direct a Star Wars trilogy like you did with the Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy. Because he's good. He's one of the good directors. Um, teaser trailer would be someone walking in the, de the desert, and then you see a lightsaber emerge, and there's a hood. And he looks up and it's Keanu Reeves is either a Jedi or a Sith, you know, one of them. Get Keanu Reeves in a Star Wars movie. Make it like John Wick in Star Wars, you know, like where. Yeah, he, that could that could work. Um, I'm tired of of all of these Jedi coming out of being found after the purge they do a little too much of that so i he doesn't have to be a survivor of the purge it could come before the original trilogy and the prequels or it could be something where he just happened as a, a young child just happened to tune into the force or was trained by a force ghost or i don't know i don't think the sith have force ghosts they do oh they do they did okay. the books but 
Well, my last point kind of ties in what you're saying. So can I jump in or you want to keep going? Um, yeah, you can jump in. Okay. Um, I was thinking that or the, the villain or the villains for next trilogy also should not be Sith. Um, I was thinking that, well, you're saying, oh, you don't want all these Jedi that survived, you know, the purge and stuff. And I think that's true in a lot of sense. Um, but as we saw in the last Jedi, um, the force is sparked out. So people are starting to exhibit force abilities. Um, I think they should start to explore the concept of fallen or lost Jedi. God, see, all right, you know what the name of my movie was going to be called? No. It was called episode Star Wars Episode 10, The Fallen. Okay. Now, my my theory is with these, it's it's that a Jedi who has lost his path is not a Sith. He's he's a Jedi that's gone off his path. Okay. And the reason that you can do this is because you can still have these villains that have these abilities just like the Jedi. They may be able to manipulate minds. Um, they could be super fast and hence enhanced powers. Um, they don't all need lightsabers because that's a strictly Jedi or Sith thing. But by doing this and focusing on fallen or feral Jedi, you know, say kid's born and he doesn't have any Jedi training. What is, what does a kid without, what does a person who has force powers that never had Jedi training do with them? Are they kind hearted and are they helping people or are they use it to their advantage to become. Yeah, we should, we should write a movie together Super criminals. Okay. <laughs> cause I, cause you would take part of mine where again, like I said, no purge refugees and like you have Keanu Reeves as someone that is akin to the force and he somehow like finds someone like a merchant that has a lightsaber and he and he's able to purchase it from him and you know he 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 feels even more akin to the force once he receives that lightsaber but he just doesn't know what path he's going to more of a gray path right well well here's the other th part of it too um remember the sith have the rule of two these fallen or feral jedi don't have that so you could end up with a, a they could eventually try to start finding each other and you know here it is you have this group of evil jedi and there's your villains that you know you have these guys they've gotten together and maybe you know, they're not overtly walking the streets waving lightsabers around but maybe they're manipulating the government and they're just causing trouble or may, hell, maybe they be, go out and become pirates. 
and just start robbing the heck out of everybody with their enhanced abilities. You can you can kind of do a little bit more if you get these type of guys in a group versus one's a master, one's the apprentice. We've seen that in nine movies. You know, once again, let's give us a break. Let's try something new. Um, so that was that was my my thing too. It's we've seen enough of the Sith. Maybe maybe the MacGuffin we're talking about is these fallen Jedi are trying to get hold of a hologram to figure out what else they could do with their powers. Well, I also remember that uh, I remember seeing a, a video. It was from a video game, and it, it could have been the Old Republic where it was like these two kids and they they were brothers i don't know if they were twins but one ended up going towards the sith and one went towards the jedi you know one was wearing white one was wearing black oh that's from uh i know what you're talking about it's from the uh, multiplayer game knights of the old republic yeah so so do something like that or base it on that i mean you can have a whole trilogy about brothers and like maybe have christian bell with keanu reeves or um ryan gosling or something like that you know someone that knows how to act you know that's that's had a like it a good history of acting i know i'd rather have there's a part of me that would rather have unknowns but if we can get like Keanu Reeves and Christian Bale in the same picture in a Christopher Nolan movie and it's Star Wars, I think that'd be pretty kick-ass. And they're, they're enemies, that'd be pretty good. You know, it's like you want to go back to the well, like because Lucas used to go and look at like the old Kurosawa movies and like the samurai movies. Go back there, go to Japan, you know, like and see old samurai movies kind of get inspiration from that because those are basically your Jedi and there's a ton of samurai movies that they can look at. Uh, you know, again, like uh, my favorite movies, uh, the man with no name, Clint Eastwood, those were taken from uh, the Kurosawa movies like uh, Yojimbo. And that's what they got to do. It's like borrow from the past, you know, like, uh, but make it, make it good, <laughs> you know, make it good. Right. You, you got anything else, Fedra? No, I was just listening to think about that idea. I think that would be really, I like the idea of like brother against brother. That'd be kind of neat. And if they can kind of use the effects that they did with in John Wick to almost make it like a video game like, that would be really interesting. Or it's not brothers are enemies, but each one is trying to sway the other ones their side yeah i mean i think it's and that might so have been, it could almost be like a like a dark buddy comedy <laughs> buddy movie you know well it's almost like they they love each other because they're they're brothers but they right. have different philosophies exactly mm -hmm. um you know yeah i would like to see something like that um i would say calm down with the diversity inclusiveness stuff because I just, when you think of the empire, you don't think that they're like, come join the empire. We're all about accepting all races, all genders, all sexual orientations. The empire 
is basically Nazis, you know, and they think they're the master race. Same thing with the First Order. Oh, and, the the scene from the Force Awakens with the uh, what's his name Huck standing <laughs> standing in front of the flag. Screaming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to be inclusive, you know, with the resistance and the rebellion, that's fine. But the Empire and the First Order should not be that way. It's like you shouldn't see women in charge of like being generals um and uh you know it, it's just a it's a nazi party you know like where they they do not accept other people into their party they're very selective at what they do like again you you can, you can be inclusive with the and other side this is part of what makes yeah. them an evil empire because they think they're better than everybody right. else you know, right. you know, which, which I always felt like, and again, the, the rise of Skywalker, it was like, it was ticking every box. Like when I guess Kylo Ren was met, meeting with a bunch of uh, first order captains or generals. And it was like, there's a black woman sitting on this side of the table. Next to her is an Asian man. Next to her is a white man. Next to her is a Hispanic girl. They're all dressed in black, though. <laughs> you know, it's like we got black uniforms and they'll make you look bad. But like they had to tick every box at that table so that everybody's represented by some kind of either race or gender. And that's not the first order and it's not the empire. Hmm. True. Like, you know, their prejudice is part of what makes them villains. So do you have anything else, Jack? No, well, I, think I, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. I have a couple. Um, I, I would just say that the parks change Galaxy's Edge to encompass all the trilogies, not just the sequel trilogy. Make it like Star Wars Weekends, where you see Darth Vader, Gamorrean guards, Twi'leks, you know. Uh, make it a little bigger, because it's not that big. But just, like, make it where it's, you go in there and it's like, this is Star Wars. Because when I, I went in there, I think probably ten times, and it, to me, just looked like a slum in space. You know, it, it didn't look... It didn't scream Star Wars to me. Um, and again, like I said, make it look. We love Star Wars celebrate as uh, Star Wars weekends, and so many they were, people. They were great. Yeah, to just learn from that. Give the people what they want. Don't give them what you want. You know, let them be happy. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things that they could do on the shows and the movies that they don't a lot of times. Um, early on in The Mandalorian, you would see the different species walking around. And when they did, it was conventional makeup, which has to be cheaper than CGI effects. So you'd see a Rodian, uh, I forget who else, there were a couple of aliens from like the Tatooine bar scene that were sprinkled in either walking around, 
you know, didn't have a speaking part. They were just walking around versus like you saw in the sequel trilogy when they went in the bar and there's, you know, an impossibly large figure lounging on a chair, you know, with women crawling on them or there's droids that yeah, are like yeah. the limbs are as thin as a pencil. I just all, got a message. It's just, you're just throwing so much money into it for such a small feature. Why not just dress a guy up as another Wookiee or uh, the werewolf guy or an Ithorian with the big hammerhead thing? Those are all people in costumes. Just recreate the costumes. It's got to be cheaper than having yeah. a bunch of FX people, you know, trying to digitally impose these things into a scene. Um, just go back to conventional effects on creatures we've seen before. So it feels like Star Wars. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I got a message that uh, Ahsoka is coming to Galaxy's Edge. So she'll be walking around there. Does she even fit in Galaxy's Edge in that time period? We'll find out. She's eternal. She never dies. Um, I would also say I would like to see them make an animated Star Wars movie and maybe redo the original trilogy but in classic animation style, like, you know, the one that we saw so many times, like that Japanese anime, or where it was like really nice animation of like uh, a TIE fighter fighting like a, like star, um, you know, star fighters and all that. Uh -huh. Do something like that, <clears throat> pump money into a really nice animated movie. And I think people would go see it. Uh, no, last... I was thinking. I was thinking about that last week uh, when we were talking about Marvel. For some of these huge, they want to do some of these huge event type movies. Um, maybe they should start building up um, high quality animators, so you can take a whole bunch of characters, throw them in like they did in Spider Verse. Um, but just a better quality, yeah. less stylized. Um, and then you could tell a story like uh, Secret Wars. And you know what? Let's throw all the FF in, all the Avengers, all the X-Men. Because let's face it, uh, voice acting's got to be cheaper than... Hauling out Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Helmsworth, etc. Yep. Well, I guess we'll end it there. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while. But, yeah, it could be fixed, but they can't rush to fix it, too. They need to take their time. They need to cancel a lot of stuff. They need to fire a lot of people. It, it, it needs to go to sleep for a little bit and then come out of its coma. And uh, but stronger and better than it was before. Yeah, it's not just one thing. It's it's a, it's a number of things that need to change for sure. Yep. All right, we'll save listener email for next week <laughs> since it's getting late. 
All right, let's wrap this one up. So, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always send me an email at jackm at wdwnt.com. And Fedra. You can find me on Instagram and be my friend on Facebook and email me at, at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And I'm also on the podcast for us to jump with Charlie Hunter, who's a friend of the show and has been on several times. And we talk about 80s movies. And like I said, next next time we do it, we're going to do Clue. So, and check out... Back from vacationing. Yeah, in Greece. Lucky bastard. Uh, <laughs> check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today. All your Disney and Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 31. So until next time, see y'all. Good night, all. And be good to each other. Good night, everybody. 